Are you struggling to find peace in your life? Today's guest offers five strategies to embrace peace when life feels like a terrorist attack. Stay tuned. Staying Real About Faith and Family begins right now. Welcome to Staying Real About Faith and Family. If you're looking for a community where you can get real about life without resistance, you're in the right place. I'm Linda Goldfarb. Each week, Heather Greer and I, along with our guests, offer personal insight to encourage transparent living from a biblical viewpoint with practical applications. Staying real with the Holy Spirit's leading is what we're all about. We pray that today's episode blesses you. Let's go to Father. Father, we thank you for the opportunity of being here together. We thank you, Lord, for who you are, that you are always with us, no matter the circumstances. Father, we are thankful when we consider families gathering together at times and going into a new year, going into a season where life changes. We thank you for the changes that come. And we thank you that your word gives us the answers that we need to cope when challenges hit, when life becomes difficult. We thank you for who you've brought with us today, Lord. And we ask that if there's anything that we share that is not of you, then just don't allow it to be recorded. Eliminate it, remove it. All things are possible with you. We thank you for this opportunity. We ask that you give us favor, give us clarity in our conversation, and above all, that we walk in a way that you receive glory in all we do. We praise you and love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Good to have you here. Please welcome my good friend, co-host, wonderful individual, Heather Greer. And Heather, we are entering a new year. Do you make resolutions? I try not to. Um, I do set goals, Ah. but I kind of refuse to call them resolutions. And I know that's kind of semantics there, but I really feel like I don't need to be beat up by the first week in February, sometimes the second week in January by missing resolutions. But if I set goals, that's something that I'm consistently working towards through the year and that I can handle. Gotcha. I I guess I'm kind of the same way. I have a vision, you know, I have like a family vision, a mission vision and a vision for the year. And there's times that I'll choose a word that I believe it's a word that's going to be relevant for the year. And then just kind of see what the Holy Spirit brings and the doors he opens, the doors that he closes. And I, yeah, I don't like to disappoint. And I found in the past, oh, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to do this. And yeah, I don't even think about it after I make the resolution. So I'm, yeah, probably not going to happen with me as well. (laughs) But it's good to be here with you, though. So good. Yes, and we're glad to have our listeners with us today because whether your resolutions leave you disappointed or not, 
Today's guest is not going to leave you disappointed. I have done her first book as a study with a group of women, and it is so relevant and pertinent and, and helpful. And I know the information she's going to bring us today is going to be just as relevant and helpful. Our guest is Tina Yeager, award-winning author, speaker, and life coach. Tina hosts the Flourish Mint podcast and Flourish Today on Christian Mix 106. And she publishes Inspirations Online, a weekly writer's devotional. She has been licensed as a counselor since 2005. Her book, Beautiful Warrior, Finding Victory Over the Lies Formed Against You, helps women fulfill their Christ-centered purpose. And you can check out her newest release, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose, from Bold Vision Books. For life coaching tips or to book her as an event speaker, check out tinayeager.com. We're happy to have Tina Yeager join our conversation as we discuss Five Peace Strategies for Unsettling Times. It's great to have you here on Staying Real About Faith and Family. Thank you so much, Linda and Heather. I am delighted to be here. Oh, I tell you, I already know that there's going to be such information, encouragement, and clarity brought during this episode. I can't wait for everyone to soak up what's going to be given during this time. Tina, I recently wrote a Facebook post titled, Looks Like Life is Heating Up, and it kind of dealt with conflict. Well, the comments keep coming on this one, and I think it's because conflict abounds. So why do we as individuals struggle with conflict as much as we do? I think it goes back to the very first lie that we bought into. Instead of knowing good only, we opted to know good and evil, thinking mm -hmm. that we could become like God. And once we invited knowing evil into our mindset, that put us against each other and against the source of love and peace and unity, God, our creator. So we became broken all the way back at the beginning. And as you know, shortly after that fall was when the first murder happened. So this is the source of our conflict. And unfortunately, conflict is like friction. It's a tension. It slows us down. It takes our energy away from moving forward and functioning as we're supposed to. So most of our conflict is an absolute waste of energy, and it is deleterious to our productivity. So we can do better if we reduce the amount of conflict that we experience within ourselves and with others. Unfortunately, we may want to reduce it so much that we don't get into any relationships with people. So that isn't, <laughs> that isn't really useful. You don't want to hide in order to get rid of conflict. In fact, if you use conflict correctly, you can leverage it towards something good. And that's a, a whole nother topic, I suppose. But you know how to use the conflict and know when to remove the conflict. Mm. And going all the way back to, quote, the beginning, I will tell you, that's the best best place to go. And we find in scripture that the issue of conflict, I mean, repeated, 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 repeated. And for us to think that it's not going to be relevant or present in today's life 
is kind of a silly notion. It's conflict is here and conflict will remain because it, as you mentioned, it's part of that human dynamic. But I know that you have some ways for us to handle this. And so I I can't wait to hear all that you're going to be bringing. Well, I think the first thing to focus on is that beginning piece, getting a refund for the royal lie that we bought from that first oily snake salesman that came to us and told us we could be like God. That's humanism. And humanism is becoming a very prevalent philosophy, even among people in the church. They can begin to think that we can get our own justice. That's humanism. God is the God of justice. We need to let God exact justice and be the determiner of judging people's hearts. Now, we do have rules in our society and we do ask people to behave themselves and we enforce those laws. But where we go beyond what we should do as human beings, as far as setting boundaries with people and all of those things that are healthy in a society, is when we decide we can judge someone's motives and judge their heart. And that's where we begin to get bitter and we dwell in unforgiveness. And that is a poison that we drink waiting for someone else to die, as the cliche goes. But really, that unforgiveness is our determinant that we need to be the God over everyone else's heart and mindset. It's not to say that forgiveness is easy or what we feel like doing. In fact, we need to recognize that forgiveness is not something we're going to feel like doing or that we'll be able to do in our own strength. Unforgiveness rests in our first choosing to trust the Lord's authority and his grace to renew our hearts. When we refuse to trust God with justice, that's when we start to get bitterness poisoning us, but we can choose to reject living in that serpent toxic lie and trade it up instead for Christ's truth and grace. When we choose to trust Jesus for justice and ask him to help us forgive other people, then we can begin that process of being free from one of the enemy's first terror camp strategies. Oh, and that's powerful because we need to have that freedom. We must have that freedom. That is very powerful. It really hit me. You know, you were talking about that bitterness and and I've seen that happen in families where, where somebody has held on to some grudge, for lack of a better word. Um, they've been hurt and they won't let go of it and they won't forgive it because they have a right to be mad. They have a right to hold it against this person because this person wronged them. And I've seen it break down families. Hmm. You know, brother can't be in the room with the sister or nobody can be in the room with the uncle or the, the grandpa or whatever it happens to be, whoever it happens to be, you have this breakdown that just alienates us from each other. Amen. So the first peace strategy then is getting a refund for buying Eden's royal lie. What is our second strategy? You need to prevent the friendly fire by aiming at the real enemy. Instead of attacking one another in the church, in your family, recognize your real enemy is the spirit of darkness that 
tempts us to do wrong things to one another and to think wrong things about one another. If we focus instead that God loves that person, even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus loved us while we were still sinners, and he loves all of those lost souls that are out around us. Instead of focusing on how wrong they are, remember how loved they are by God. And and God would do anything up to the point of dying for that person. Why should we love them any less than what Jesus calls us to love, which is just like he loves? Mm. It's a powerful statement. It's not something that's easy, I think, for all of us to do, to love as he loves, but it is possible. It is possible. And we know it is because we're told in the word that all things are possible with Christ and with the Holy Spirit in us, we're able to get over, and and I'm going to say that, to get over certain things in life with his power, with his ability, not based on our own shoulder strength or our own abilities to make things happen, but knowing that we have a supernatural outlet, a supernatural power leading, guiding, that is truly our lifeblood who can carry us when conflict and difficulties come. So I think this is this is extremely, extremely important as well. There was one more thing about that that I want to make sure people understand. In our culture today, we have this lie that is pushed at us that suggests that we have to agree with people in order mm. to love them. Mm-hmm. And that is absolutely not true. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have loved us enough to die for us while we were still unrighteous, while we are essentially still unrighteous, of course, it's only the blood of Jesus that makes us truly pure. None of us are truly righteous without Jesus washing us in his blood and without him constantly forgiving us for the things that we do to fall short all the time. So why do we think that we have to all agree with one another in order to truly love one another? In Mm. fact, you you must disagree with some of the things that people do that are toxic in order to truly love them. You don't have to agree to love, but we can experience peace when we recognize that we love you in spite of the things that we don't agree with you about. Mm, so good. So very, very I'm good. Fighting like an amen here really loud. <laughs> <'cause, you know. laughs> Go for it. Just pull back from the mic oh, and amen. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're preaching to the choir here. I, I that yeah. that is something that I I try very much whenever I talk about love mm. to remind people that God's definition of love is so very different from the world's definition right now. Truly and, is. Uh, so, Amen. Amen. Good one, Tina. Go ahead and walk us into the third strategy that you have for us today. The third strategy is avoiding the temptation to self-protect. A lot of conflict comes from us setting ourselves up before we even enter an interaction with an attitude, a mindset, a heart set 
of self-protection. And that comes from a place of fear and vulnerability. In fact, the opposite of love is not hate. It is fear. When we focus on the Almighty God as our protector and the resource for everything to heal us and renew us, if anything does happen to us, then we can begin to speak and act from a Christ-anchored confidence. A calmness is our keel. That's what holds us steady. And then we're able to love other people without being crippled or held back by fear. Mm. So what I'm hearing then, Tina, is for us to not dive into the self-protect mode, but to rely fully that God is our protector and our resource. He is our go-to resource. I find that extremely powerful. And when we don't feel like we have to protect ourselves from people, instead we can be looking past what is on the outside of what they're presenting. If we're not looking at them with fear and how can I how can I insulate myself from being hurt, then you're able to be open to love. Well, and I think that's why it might be so easy to fall into that trap of self-protection because nobody wants to be hurt, Mm. you know, and we've all been hurt before. And so I think that waiting for the other shoe to drop, well, I'm not going to wait for the other shoe to drop. I'm going to construct something to keep it from being able to hit me. I think that comes naturally. And And I love the fact that you said that the opposite of love is fear. You know, we can't love people the way Jesus loved people if we're trapped in fear and separating ourselves from them. So I, I love that. So right now we have the first strategy was getting a refund for buying Eden's royal lie. The second one was preventing friendly fire by aiming at the true enemy. Number three was avoid the temptation to self-protect. What's number four? It goes along with number three. You hear someone's heart, not just what they're saying or how they're believing, not just the word missiles, because other people are going to do that humanistic thing and try to self-protect. But if you look past their behavior and what they're saying, even how they're saying it, and look for what's going on that's vulnerable in their hearts, what are they trying to protect? And you can minister to them and show compassion for what they actually need. When you minister someone's need, that'll diffuse the conflict right there. That's how Jesus showed compassion for that woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. She was a little bit contentious when he met with her, but he understood why. She'd had terrible experiences with men. She was self-protecting when she came to meet Jesus. Mm. He knew that. He even sent the other disciples away so there wouldn't be a gaggle of men standing around there in that moment. So good. It was just him, just her. And we can learn from him to minister to the needs of those who present those tough behaviors and tough talk as a means of covering their vulnerability. Instead of of doing that, just that must be frustrating. How hard that must be for you. How can I show up in your life in a way that brings you peace and comfort and support. That's good. When I think about it, we're so quick to judge, (sighs) but we're so bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) We make poor judgment calls. 
We really we do. do. If we, it, if it's, look at, you yeah. know, from something as simple as, as misreading body language Ugh. to, I mean, if we can't even get that right to judge why they said what they said and, and take yeah. offense at it, you know, we, we just need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like what Tina, I like what you said is we need to hear their hearts and that, I think, you know, it falls in line with everything that father tells us in his word, Mm -hmm. be still and know that I am God. You know, you need a quiet, a quiet spirit to be able to hear the Holy Spirit within you. So when we want to jump into attack mode or just to react instead of respond to what someone is saying, it is that moment of backstory that we may not be privileged to, which is what Jesus was privileged to in the instance with the Samaritan woman and truly with everyone that he came in contact with. He already knew the backstory. He knew their mind. He knew where they were coming from. And we, a lot of times we don't stay still long enough to learn backstory. But if we listen before we jump in and speak, then I believe Holy Spirit will reveal to us that that compassion, that need for compassion, that need to ask a few more questions that would allow other individuals to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel heard. And that's that really is a powerful strategy for us to embrace. Very powerful. Yes. And that just essentially, just so that you know, is the way to leverage conflict to deepen and mm. strengthen your relationships. Oh, well, looky there. I just got a gold star, Heather. I mean, I don't know what you've been doing, but I'm, I'm, I've been I'm, taking notes. Oh, okay. Okay. Real good. Real good. I'm prepping for the test later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what about number five? What is strategy number five? This is for your inner conflict and it's Mm. to guard your heart from shame lies. Lay all that self-blame at Jesus' feet because that does spill over into your interactions with other people as well. If you're hard on yourself, you're not going to be showing up as the person who's loving and compassionate in your relationships with others. So you have to receive the grace that God has for you and not use all that negative self-talk. I'm so stupid. I never do anything right. I always mess up. I always make mistakes. I always fail. Whatever those negative shame lies are that the enemy is constantly hitting you with. If you conspire with the enemy to defeat yourself before your year even gets going, you will have so much internal conflict that you'll already be defeated before you meet your Mm. external conflict and your circumstances and all of the discouragements that you might face and trying to meet those goals for your year. So make sure that you are guarding your heart and you are aligning yourself with what Jesus says about you, about what he says about you being remade in Christ as a new creation Mm. about being upcycled with his power, with his strength, with his righteousness, with his name on you and Mm. calling yourself by the name of the King of Kings instead of what the enemy would slander you and essentially him because you are his daughter now, his son now, 
and receive that grace. And therefore, you can be a conduit of the grace that you fully receive to be a blessing to everyone else you encounter. Hmm. Oh, so, oh. And Heather, it's almost redirected to what you said at the beginning. You don't make a resolution because we don't want to feel bad about not accomplishing it. And it that is mm-hmm. part of those shame lies. And mm-hmm. I think I think we're about ready to jump in to this new year with everything that, I, I just that Tina's say, given I can't us. Jump into the new year until she stops stomping on my toes. <laughs> Um, I have to have my feet available to jump. So uh... (laughs) I love it. I love it. So good. Okay, Tina. So we've gone through the five strategies to fight upset in our homes, to find peace as a child of God. What's the most powerful action we can take each day to cultivate peace? Centering every day at the beginning of the day and before you lay your head down on the pillow on Jesus, letting him Mm. just renew your mindset, renew your heart and your soul so that nothing that has attacked you throughout the day or that will set itself against you as the day begins has an opportunity to take root because you've got so much power within you. There's no cracks and no space for that to get in and sabotage what he's doing. Oh, this is, this is good. Set your mind on Christ at the beginning and end of every day. Powerful. So this is what you've given us today, Tina. Unforgiveness resists the Lord's authority and his grace to renew our hearts. We must show compassion and seek peace but reject the cultural lie of tolerance. And we're to avoid the temptation to self-protect, though we greatly want to because we need to rely on him as our protection. We need to hear the hearts of others, not just their words and react instead of responding. We need to guard our hearts from the lies of shame. And then, as you said, set our mind on Christ at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And I would say, just take that, take everything that we have into prayer. Ultimately, you have said that we are to love others as Jesus loves us. And this is something that we can do if we address the strategies, embrace them for what they are. They're not difficult. They're just an order of consideration. And if we will choose that, I I would say, folks, if you chose one, Mm -hmm. life would be different. Life would change Mm -hmm. for you going into this new year. So good. Well, and that leads us into today's thought consideration. I find peace when I love as Father loves. Mm. Amen. Amen. And Tina, you have just brought amazing information. Well, beyond information, you have brought us encouragement. You've brought us equipping. You've brought us truth. And we can walk out life that way with what you have shared with us today. And I did hear you mention in our conversation today, the word 
upcycled. Oh, I love the word. I also really, really enjoy the book. So this is your, isn't this your most recent book, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose? Tell us about it. Yes, Upcycled, Crafted for a Purpose is for anyone who feels a little chippy, a little worn, a little worse for wear, to know that God upcycles us just the same way that we take vintage items, even junk, and He makes us more beautiful and more purposeful than we ever were to begin with. And I love that each craft is a demonstration of the messages, and you can get places to donate those crafts if Mm. you choose to do them at the end and just pass that message of blessings forward to other people. Mm. So we not only get to be in the word, we get to craft out the word and then pass on some truth. That's always powerful, always powerful. You have a wonderful giveaway for our listeners. You say that we can get a free downloadable template for a do-it-yourself upcycled inspirational flip book template. Tell us what that is. Yes, if you have some old greeting cards or Christmas cards laying around and you want to make use of those, you can upcycle them into a flip book template, you know, like the flip calendars that you may have sometimes sitting on your desk. This is a weekly flip book template of inspirational messages. It's a great way to start your new year. It's a great gift to give to teachers and pastors and neighbors and friends. And it's all something you can make yourself very inexpensively. So that's on my site, upcycledbook.com. Oh, and I love it. Perfect opportunity, perfect timing. We, we enjoy, I enjoy getting the cards from so many people every year. And then I go, what, what do I do with this? How, how can I, how can I document what I have and move, move on without necessarily having crates filled with, with cards? So this is an excellent way to create the inspirational flipbook by utilizing the cards that we have. I'm really liking it. So good, Tina. Thank you so very much for being here with us. Thank you for all that you have given us today. I look forward for the next time that you're here. Thank you, Linda and Heather. I am just so delighted that I was able to join you today. And I appreciate all of you who joined us to listen. Well, we do want to thank you. And I have upcycled in my Kindle and I do a craft and chat at our church every month. And I'm thinking like inspiration, I'm going to be going to upcycled for some of our crafts and craft and chat nights and, and looking at it for inspiration, because it sounds like a wonderful way to blend together the truth of scripture with that hands-on crafting time that we enjoy. So thank you so much for that. And we want to thank you, our listeners, for being here as well and invite you to be part of today's conversation by visiting our podcast webpage, stayingrealwithlinda.com, and by joining our Facebook group, Staying Real with Linda Goldfarb. We look forward to hearing from you and you can subscribe to our podcast, take a moment to review it, rate it, and while you're at it, Go ahead and share it with a friend. Let's invite them to join this conversation and keep it going. 
always want to keep the conversation going. Indeed, we've had a wonderful time today. We've heard encouragement for the new year. And Father is always present. And his desire is for each of us to be able to walk out our life knowing that we don't have to protect ourselves. He's here. He's available. We are created for relationship. So let's walk into those relationships with eyes open and arms open this year. Always, always. May Yahweh bless you and keep you in all you do. Until next time, this is Linda Goldfarb. And Heather. Staying real about faith and family. <laughs>